I'm still kicking myself in the butt to this day. I had an amazing opportunity to buy an established profitable SBA pre-approved business, but I was so paralyzed by fear of getting that loan for this business that I let my fear get the best of me. That business was snatched up the next day, and I haven't come across anything like it since. Although I've been keeping my eyes open, and that's one of the times that if I could go back and do it all over again, I would have taken that leap, did less, got that business funding, and purchased that business. I am Shanice Miller, and welcome to my podcast, Do Less. Yes, that's right, Do Less. It used to be cool to work 60 hours a week, but the world has gotten smarter and realized why spend more time to make the same or less money. I help small business owners build systems and processes to help them scale and find more time for themselves and their families. I'm going to provide you the best practices and all the tools and tips to scale your business. Welcome to my show. Joe, I know you're all about helping business owners get funding for their businesses so they can grow. Do you see the same fear in other business owners with getting funding that I had? Yeah, you know, so it's it's a really, it's actually, it's a really great topic. And yeah, I think, you know, think, you know, we've been programmed, all of us since the beginning of time, you know, debt is bad, you know, Shanice. And you think about like our parents or grandparents, they grew up and like, don't have any debt pay off your house as quickly as possible. And, you know, I, you know, there's some of that I, I agree with, right? But there is a lot of different types of debt. And, you know, when you have debt on a business and something that can kick off cash flow and help you make more money, that's, that's smart debt. That's healthy debt. Yeah. You know, if you take out debt to buy a profitable investment property and, you know, with the debt, you know, with the, you know, after the interest and, you know, your rent, you know, exceeds what your, you know, your obligation is on the property, you know, it makes complete sense. And it's the same way, you know, in, in business. So. And it's like, um, I knew that I knew that there were like good debt and bad debt, but it still didn't like take away from that fear because I had been, you know, reading, learning. I had also invested in properties too by that time, but it was just this fear about business debt and like how a business could be a little bit riskier or so, or some of the numbers can be a little bit different. And that kind of like gave me that paralyzing fear. Did you have any, you know, paralyzing fears or anything like that growing up, seeing debt? Yeah. You know, listen, growing up, I was always told again, you know, by my dad, you know, my family to, to never have debt and debt is evil. Mm -hmm. and, and, and listen, there's some good of that, right? My credit card bill came, I paid it off. Anytime I use my credit card, I can, you know, pay, you know, that bill gets paid in, you know, in full each month, but that's important, right? Because though that I'm usually using my credit card, you know, typically, you know, it, you know, usually credit card for luxury things, you know, clothes, you know, going shopping, <laughs> yeah, going out to eat, you know, and, and not necessity eating, you know, like luxury, fancy eating, um, you know, going away, stuff like that. So you know, you know, so that stuff that you don't want to like carry debt on. If you're going to, and, and that's the difference. Like if you're going to use debt to buy luxury things, if you're going to use debt to buy that car that's beyond your means right now, if you're going to use debt to buy a mortgage for yourself that's beyond your means, that doesn't make sense. You're probably better off renting a small thing and using debt to, to buy an investment property and build up, you know, your wealth and your income, then go buy your own home and use that money that you're getting, you know, for it. 
And, and these are things I wish I would have been, you know, you know, taught to me. I had to kind of figure out on my own. But right now, like a perfect example, I have like 3% on my home. It makes no sense for me to pay off. I get 4.5% in treasury bills right now. So, you know, for me to go and pay off my house right now, it, it would actually cost me money. So, it, you know, when you really understand how to use debt as a tool and, and not get pulverized by, oh, my God, I have debt, the, the wealthiest people in the world understand how to use debt um, and money as a tool to go and make more money, to grow a business, to build mm-hmm. equity, you know, and, and to uh, and to make a lot of money from it. And, you know, and any like the best business people I know, the best real estate people I know, they all have tons of debt and they use it for a number of different reasons. Um, and there's even tax, you know, advantages to utilizing debt that just most people just don't really understand. Yeah. So that's a good point that i I think that you're putting out there. I want to just skip back a little bit to when you talked about uh, growing up, some of the things that you heard about debt with it being bad debt. Could you tell me about a time where money and debt was a challenge for you growing up? I guess as a challenge, I mean, you know, growing up, taking out, you know, your first car loan, you know, you just like, you, you, you're freaked out about all these things, you know, you know, in the beginning. I, I was pretty comfortable with risk, you know, gr- growing up. So like I bought... I bought an investment property at 21 years old. I bought my first home at 23 years old, and it was half a million dollars. Did your parents teach you about that? Were they showing you the ropes and teach and guiding you down that path at such an early age? No, I, I figured it out. I got in the mortgage business at like 21 years old, and mm. and uh, even I think 20, and really like started to understand you know money. Again, my dad was always like, "Pay your house off, never have a mortgage." And, and listen, there's some some good in that, and there's some freedom in that. So I, I don't think it's it, it's horrible. But you know, I was never taught like how to use debt as a tool, um, how to use leverage as a tool for real estate, and then how to use leverage to go and and buy a business. You know, I think looking back now to your point, I I wouldn't have really had this opportunity. Like I, I built you know national business capital from zero. And when I founded, you know, in 2007, there was, I wanted to build this like marketplace. Now it's called the marketplace, but I wanted to build a business loan brokerage where business owners can go to one place and access all types of capital for their business. There was nothing out there at the time that existed. So I had to create something literally from nothing. But if I was going to go, you know, into another business today, I, you know, unless I was creating something that wasn't, you know, just, you know, wasn't there. I would use, you know, a, you know, bank funding and I would use a bank and I'd put money down and I'd go buy a business. And, and, and just like to your point, you know, what you said earlier, you know, you, you not, you missed out on a great deal because you were stuck on debt. You were stuck on interest. You were stuck in, oh my God, I'm going to be liable for this. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, in business, in, in any investments or whatever that you're going to do, there's going to be risk. Like, so you're, you're, you're going to have to take on risk and there's risk with all this stuff. And, 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 you know, it could turn out great. It could not turn out great, but you know, you have to, you know, try and mitigate that risk as best as possible. But if that was a good deal and let's assume that you would have executed and, and continued the business the way it was, or even grew it by you not doing that deal, by you not taking on that debt, um, it actually, it <laughs> actually costs you more money. Well, it's, 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 you're not alone. I see this all the time from business owners. They have an existing business. They've got a profitable thing that they can do to get them to that next level. 
and they and they're looking at the debt, they're looking at the cost of capital, and they're like, ah, you know, I, they don't want to move forward. But when you break the numbers down, a lot of times, if the deal makes sense, it'll actually cost you more money to mm-hmm. not do the deal, exactly, because you're losing money. And I've seen so many deals. We we and we do this, you know, at, at my company. You know, we we help break it down for business owners. And a lot of times they're like, wow, like, and, and again, most people don't understand how to use, you know, financing as a tool. And, um, you know, you know, most people in their business are good at whatever their business is, but financing, accounting, you know, these aren't things that, you know, unless you went to school for, and even some people that go to school for like accountants are very risk adverse. So they'll get the numbers, but maybe not want to take on the risk. No, not to accountants. It's just typically in, in, in that type of DNA. And I think um, I think you were so true earlier as well when you said that, you know, we're taught about just the debt being bad, but it's really because we've seen people use it in that unprofitable way, in a way that gets you into a hole that kind of like really that you have to work yourself out of. So it was that fear around like, don't get yourself in a lot of debt, pay off your house, you know, you want to make sure that you're living, but you're so true with saying like, there are opportunity costs, and sometimes you're missing out by trying to be so debt avoidant. So how does your business with uh, helping people to obtain business funding, help you to work smarter and do less in that sense? Well, listen, I think, you know, you know, just borrowing money is not going to help you, you know, work, work smarter. But if you were like to borrow that. money, yeah. right, <laughs> you know, like right, you, could just, you could borrow all the money in the world. If you don't put money to work in the right way, then it, you know, it will be costly and it will wind up being bad debt, right? I'll answer your question, but this is something I, I, I talk about and bring up and people always like look at me and then it makes sense. Whatever business you're in, we we all are really like running little mini hedge funds. Mm. And because in business, I don't care if you're if you own a little ice cream shop or a pizza shop or you own a big business, right? That does tens of millions of dollars a year. When you own a business you you have when you start a business you have to have money like it's you got to pull it from somewhere your personal savings friends family credit cards debt whatever right but you're taking money and you're putting that money to work and the whole goal is to put that money to work to go and make more money it's essentially what a hedge fund does right so you have to really get good with money on how to put it in work so how to work smarter and harder okay well you want to hire and build a team and employees. You got to hire people. That money's got to come from somewhere. If you don't have enough of it right now, you might want to borrow to do it. Now, if you're borrowing to you know to hire employees, that's great. But those employees better be doing things that are bringing profit in, you know, and revenues into your business, right? So, you know, working smarter is you know building team processes, systems, and putting the right people in place to help build and, and grow a company and remove yourself, you know, out of the day to day. And become a business owner, um, not owning a job. Yeah. And I think that's probably what you do amazing, Janice, is you help people build these processes and systems. And I always love talking to you because it's like a breath of fresh air. Because, you know, uh, prior to meeting you, you know, that's what's helped me be, you know, successful, you know, you know, in my business. And you have to build the processes and systems. And, you know, I think you've got to be willing in business. It's a constant game of growing and then taking two steps back to take five forward. And, you know, I've had to, you know, you know, to put people in place, I've had to take steps back in profit mm-hmm. and money that I would have paid myself to put the right people in place 
to put the systems and processes in place to invest in myself and in the business to take a few steps back. And it's painful. You're like, oh, I finally got here. I'm finally making some money. And then you like unwind it. But but then that growth yeah. is, you know, you you know, getting to above and beyond where I was and then make more money than 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 where I initially was. And I've done that time and time again. And and it just gets as your business grows, those step backs just become bigger, those step forwards become bigger, the step backs and loss of money becomes bigger, the steps forwards and and, and gain and money become bigger. Um but it's this never ending, you know, battle of doing that. Some people are get it. You know, they have the right mindset around it, but you've got to have the mindset around it. And you got to understand, like, you know, because it, it can get fatiguing and tiring, this like steps back, step forward, steps back, step forward. And, you know, I always thought it's when I balance. got here, it would be, you know, and you think, like, oh, when I get here, it's going to be all good. But when you own a business, you know, unless you sell it, you're in it, you're involved, and you got to mm-hmm. keep it going and you have to keep changing and the market changes and things change. And, it's this never-ending adjustment. So you either got to fall in love with that stuff and appreciate it and keep your energy up and your mindset right, or you know your the business will kick your ass. And and one thing I just want to say here too is like, you know, what I'm doing and and this growth and you know commitment to growth. Listen, some people want to get to a certain place and they're happy with that. Mm-hmm. If that makes you happy, that's okay. But if you want to get to next levels, you want to make more. You're going to have to do more. You're going to have to think outside the box. You're going to have to constantly upgrade your processes and systems. And you're probably going to have to take some steps back and, and invest into your business. And I completely agree with you. And that's why a lot of our clients, we do our 90-day action plan to really get that vision. Like, where do you want to go? Because everyone's goal isn't to make seven figures or eight figures. It can be like, you know, I want to have this amount of money because I know that when I back it out, this is what I need. This is going to produce a low stress, not have to, you know, manage too many employees, not have to be in the day-to-day weeds of things. But I know that this area will get me to what I want with the goals that I have. So in saying that for a lot of us who might want some business funding, I know I've gotten so many text messages saying you can qualify for this amount of money (laughs) up to this amount, you know, sign up for that. So I would guess like hearing the news, hearing that like sometimes banks are tightening up on lending and then getting these text messages, I wouldn't think that they are really tightening up on lending, but then, you know, the interest rates. So are banks really tightening up on lending? What is going on in that world? Well, yeah, it's actually a really great question and, and amazing timing for the question. First off, we don't send those, you know, BS text <laughs> messages and they're so responded. cheesy. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll communicate, you know, once you reach out to us, we'll communicate with you via text for as a convenience. Uh, but most of our, you know, most people find us online because they read something great or, or they come through, you know, a referral, a trusted source. You know, yeah, so right now it's probably, listen, I found it in 07. I went right through the 08, 09 recession. I also mm-hmm. lived through the dot-com boom and bust and then 9-11. So there, there's, you know, multiple yeah. things I've seen, but 08, 09 financial crash was insane. It was. Right right now though, coming out of code of COVID, we are in like the one of the wildest times in so many ways, but, you know, banks have tightened up. But the reality is, you know, banks have tightened up, but there's there's a lot of access to capital in the non-bank lending world. Mm, tell me private more. equity, you know, I'm gonna talk about that in private equity and be and venture capital 
has it's still that money's out there and they're looking to put it to work but they're really diving deep into where they're making those investments and they're they're just tightening up and i, I think you know taking a little bit more putting a little bit more focus into where that money's being parked and into maybe more profitable businesses or more established businesses so you know where private equity in vc it was very easy to raise money you know a few years ago and especially before the pandemic but so bank lending has completely tightened up. But what's important to understand was is it even ever lend- <laughs> Cuz I remember like you know go, yeah. I remember like as a business owner though, it's always been like harder for us than as a W2 employee. Like I go in and I'm like, "Oh, I'm making good money. I can go show my, you know, 1099s and stuff like that." And they're like, "No, you don't qualify the same house that you qualify on half the amount." when you are a W-2 employee. And I'm like, this is crazy. <laughs> it's it's so crazy. And, you know, banks were always tight. What's happened with banks is banks are going, uh, are focusing on doing larger fundings, mm. larger companies. Banks really want to do deals that are above $10 million. Wow. And, that like know, puts out 10- the majority of people though. It takes you out of it because mm-hmm. a lot of us mom and pop shops, you know, solopreneurs or even like small business owners, we don't want to get $10 million. It, it, that's when that scary Correct. feeling comes into play too. Under 10 million is like 90% of most businesses. And and small to medium sized companies, you know, typically have, you know, borrowing needs of, you know, 100K to $5 million, right? So obviously a million to 5 million, you start to go to, you know, bigger businesses, bigger than mom and pops, but still in the grand scheme of things, you're talking about companies doing, you know, 10 to 20 million in revenue, it's a lot of revenue, but in the grand scheme of business, it's not, you know, that's not a, that's not a huge business. That's still considered a small business mm-hmm. typically. So, but yeah, that knocks out like the majority of everybody. And because of COVID, they've really tightened up. So they're looking for bigger businesses with a lot of profit, but more importantly, collateral. And collateral are typically three or four key things. Real estate's the obvious, but B2B receivables are collateral. Okay. So if you're a the small business again. selling direct to consumer, you don't have B2B receivables, so you can't leverage those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's inventory, and then it's a, a, a like heavy machinery and equipment um, can be considered, considered collateral. So you've got real estate, B2B receivables, inventory, and equipment. Most typical businesses, you know, if you don't hold inventory, then that knocks out collateral. You don't have heavy machinery, that knocks out the collateral. And then you have B2B receivables. If you're not you know, selling to B2B customers, like if you're a business that sells products to Target, you could leverage those B2B receivables to get a line of credit. But if you're you know, selling stuff online, e-commerce, direct to consumers, you don't have receivables. If you're doing dropship, you don't have inventory. You don't usually have big equipment. So right there, and if you don't have real estate to leverage, you've just completely knocked the bank out. If you're not showing a lot of profit, even if you have some of that stuff, you probably knocked the bank out today. So, you know, then, so you move from a bank lender to non-bank lenders. And then there's a whole world of non-bank lending. And this is typically where my company, National Business Capital, focuses. We have 75 of the nation's, like, leading non-bank lenders on my platform. And some of them focus on specifically financing equipment. Some do lines of credit, some term loans. There's even non-bank SBA lenders out there that all they do is focus on SBA and not, and they're not really a bank. So you have to understand all these lenders and all their guidelines. And as a business owner, you got to really understand where you fall in. Now, 
most business owners don't understand this. It's very confusing. I was so about to say, Joe, you reach- you're, you're about to start losing me. You're talking too technical. I like to do it, less. Right. <laughs> so you see, right. And we haven't even like dived, dived into like, you know, your business, what's going on. And then based on your business, the size of your business, the revenue, your credit, your cash flow, all of these things will make up which lender is going to approve you or not. So this is where we bring so much value to the table. What people ask me, like, you know, you know, you always say like, there's that question, like, what business are you really in? Well, what business are we really in? The obvious is we're in business lending, but that's not what we're in. We're in the business. We're like a time-saving machine. We help business owners. We're in the business of advising, helping business owners, and saving them time. And they come to us, and in a very simple, easy, quick conversation, based on what their need is, what their business is, a few simple questions about their business – we can really break down very quickly, okay, you're gonna get approved for this lender, this lender, and this lender, and you're not gonna get approved for this product at this lender, and here's why, we'll tell you why. We'll help you understand it, and then you know, very easily we'll say, basically, you're probably gonna qualify for you know, 100,000, half a million dollars, a million dollars over these terms at this rate. Does this make sense? And if it does, we'll tell you exactly you know, what documentation we'll need. We'll help collect all that. We'll package it up and we'll present it to uh, underwriting. And we do all that for you so you can stay focused on your business and not get wrapped up dealing with submitting all the the back and forth and all the stuff. I love that because that paperwork aspect, it can be a beast sometimes. And it's like, uh, like, do I really want to do this? Do, you know, they're asking for all these things. They're asking for my second born child. (laughs) They're asking (laughs) asking me to keep writing down all these things over and over again. So how would you be able to determine how much debt a business can handle? So, I mean, you know, there's not like an easy question, you know, for that. It's really determined on a number of different things. We're really going to look at the cash flow of the business, mm-hmm. the, the, the gross revenue of the business. You know, an easy way, most businesses will typically qualify for about 10 to 20% of their annual revenue. Okay. Um, that's, that's an easy rule of thumb. It's not like 100% accurate, but it's an easy way. So if you're doing a million dollars a year, 100K to 200,000 is, is probably realistic. I think that's a great What's thing. In, that it's an easy, just simple napkin math, but there's more that goes into it. What's important to understand is that you know if you're, let's say you're in the construction business. We work with a lot of contractors, construction subcontractors. We love them. You know they're helping build the country. We think they're great. Or like a manufacturer, do a lot of manufacturing, wholesale distribution. My point is, if you're going to go and buy equipment. We don't want to leverage your business and your cash flow. We want to leave that alone. We'll pull in an equipment lender and finance that piece of equipment. And then that piece of equipment will be used as collateral. Okay. So let's just, let's say that you're. I've heard of um, the equipment loans a lot easier and more frequently than I've heard of some of the other business loans. So yes. They they can be if you work with the right lender and, and, um, and sometimes it can be easy. Sometimes that can actually be complicated. But, you know, if you're a construction client and you're doing a million dollars a year in revenue, if you got to go buy $150,000, $200,000 of equipment, we'll go look at an equipment lender and finance all that equipment, right? Nice. But then you could still, we could still look at your business and your cash flow and potentially give you a line of credit or a term loan separate from that based on the business. Okay. And- what, so you can really, it's very important that when you're going to let put, you know, leverage your company, 
that you're doing it in a structured way where if we can do equipment financing, we want to do that over here, right? And we want to keep that with this lender. There's collateral. It's the equipment used in it, but you've kept your company open to do, to get working capital to now maybe go make the hires to run that equipment or do more jobs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we'll see people do use a line of credit or a term loan and then they've locked up all of their whole business and they use that to go buy equipment and the terms can be more are more favorable and make more sense to use an equipment lender because usually it's a longer repayment period, a lower rate. So it really makes sense to talk this through and to think these things through and also to plan out like what are your plans for this year? Mm-hmm. What are you going to be doing? Like, what does it look like? What are the jobs that you're looking to take on? And, and you thinking ahead, a lot of business owners wait to the last minute, then they get a job. They're not prepared. They don't have their financial statements in order. You know, you, you want to have all this stuff in order. You want to have your financial statements in order, your profit loss balance sheet. You, you got to have your books clean and in order and you want to think ahead. And then you'd want to work with a financial partner like us that can help stage these things out. We do this all the time. Okay. Um, so where, makes a big difference in your growth. So where can a business owner go to talk to you and get that loan of up to 250K in four hours? Yeah. Well, we do that up, you know, up in four hours, up to 250K. We do deals all the way up to, you know, five and even $10 million. So, you know, we, we work all over the place, you know, typically 10 to 25K, you know, up to five to 10 million bucks. You can go right to nationalbusinesscapital.com. That's nationalbusinesscapital.com. And you can go there, connect with my team, make sure that they, you know, mention that you, you know, saw uh, this podcast with Shanice. And, you know, if you want to follow me, you can, um, you can check me out at Grow by Joe. That's Grow by Joe. And you can follow me on YouTube, LinkedIn, and I'm constantly sharing a lot of this great stuff, you know, in my videos. So thank you so much, Joe, for coming on. I really enjoyed our conversation and I know it's going to really help so many of us grow our businesses. Good stuff. Thanks for having me, Shanice, and thanks for all you do for the small business community. This has been an amazing episode of Do Less with me, Shanice Miller. Share this episode with anyone who needs to hear this today. Leave a five-star rating and review. And remember, if you're an entrepreneur and need to do less in your business, click the link in the description to work with me.